As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. I am so excited that you are here today. And in Becoming Seriously Wealthy, which I was invited to write the introduction to, we did a lot of research on successful business owners. And one of the stunning statistics to come out of this is 78.9% of successful business owners just like you, you're concerned about being involved in some kind of unjust lawsuit or divorce or, or having your assets unjustly taken. But then we dive into those numbers and we find out 84.9% of you don't have any kind of asset protection plan in place. And the reason is absolutely stunning. 61.3% of you have said no one has ever shown you how. Well, in Dental Wealth Nation, we want to fix that and we want to solve that problem for you so you can protect everything that you've worked so hard for. And by the time we finish today, you're going to know the steps that you can take to keep your family and dental practice out of court. You're going to have some additional knowledge that you can use to implement the things you learned today. But more importantly, you're going to feel empowered to take the next steps to protecting your family and your dental practice. And wow, am I excited to have Ashley Dodgson here today from Dodgson Law. And I could share with you that Ashley's been featured in Money Geek and the balance for her expertise. I could share with you that she's been nominated as a rising entrepreneur for 2021 by Next on the Scene. I could also tell you that she was named one of the top 30 inspiring women to look out for in 2020. And after listening to her today, you're going to know why she got that. But what I really want to share with you is that Ashley is absolutely passionate about helping you protect what you've worked so hard for. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. And I'm so excited to talk to you about such an important topic that so many dentists face, which, which is protecting their, their assets. Now, this is kind of a, a niche little area, but how did you get started in this? And, and why are you so passionate about helping business owners protect everything they've worked so hard for? Yeah, I initially got into estate planning um, because I wanted to help people. I grew up with a mom who was a hospice nurse, or she's still a hospice nurse. And so growing up, we would have these conversations, you know, daily about death. And it was just a normal part of growing up. And I saw firsthand what was happening to her patients' families when somebody passed away and what they were going through, the confusion around it. And I saw it with my own family um, back when I was in college, my grandfather passed away. My grandmother um, had to go through the probate process. She had no idea what she was doing, where to start. Then when she passed away, 
my dad went through a similar situation and we found out that some of my grandfather's assets got lost and they ended up in the Department of Unclaimed Property and they're still there because there were holes in the planning and there's no way now to access it. You know, we've tried, but, um, you know, that really made me realize that there's a different, better way to go about planning and helping families protect their family um, and their business and their other assets because you work so hard for them and you really don't want to find out that, you know, your plan didn't work when you wanted it to. Yeah, no, so truly. I, and that's interesting, right? Because you really have seen this, especially, right, working with your mom as a hospice nurse, right? Most of us aren't exposed to, you know, that many people passing away so often. And so you really saw the, the impact of, of what, you know, not having a proper plan in place can lead to. Yeah. And, you know, it's surprising, like you said, the statistics of people that don't have a plan in place because they just don't know where to start or who to turn to. Yeah. And so, right, right. Obviously, it's not knowing where to turn to that. That's one of the issues. But why do you think this is, you know, so, so, you know, it's a major area of concern, but, but most people just aren't taking action on it, right? Why do you think yeah. it's difficult for them to, to move forward in doing this? Yeah. So some of the common things that I hear from clients is that there's this fear that by planning for it, um, their death or their incapacity is going to make it actually happen. And I've never had a correlation where we've done an estate plan. And then immediately after there's been, you know, an accident or, or a death of a client. Um, so it's not true, but it's it's something people worry about. And I think the other thing too is I hear a lot of people say I'm not old enough. I don't have enough assets. And the reality is it doesn't really matter what you have now because you're planning for the rest of your life. So just because you don't think that you have, um, you know, whatever that magic number you have in your head in terms of assets doesn't mean that you don't have something worth protecting. Um, you have family members that you love that you want to protect. You have your business if you're a business owner. Um, so you definitely do have assets that are worth protecting. Yeah, I know. So, so true. And I, I think that age piece is so important. There's a young doctor in the central coast of California. I work with amazing practice, amazing family. And he, he's young, 47 years old. And I got a call from his wife several weeks ago saying he, he just had a stroke oh. and right. And, and he's recovered from that and he's making it through. He's getting fantastic medical care and, and, and he'll make it through. But right. You're young. And, and yeah. even at young ages, things can happen and you want to be prepared. Right. Yeah. So, so what are kind of some typical reasons that you'll see a family start to, to move forward and, and implement a plan? Is, is there some kind of event? Is it a healthcare scare? Is it just, you know, doing proper planning, right? Why are, what, what actually kind of, you know, gets people to start taking action and implementing a plan? Yeah, so I see families, um, especially in the last two years or so, you know, it's been mostly pandemic driven. They've started to consider what would happen if something were to happen to them, if they were to get sick, what would happen to their family, what would happen to their business? Um, before that, it it was a little bit different. It was more like you said, somebody close to them had a health scare or they had a health scare themselves, um, or they knew somebody who got sued and they realized maybe it was time to take action and, and to start to 
create some separation between their personal assets and those business assets and really make sure that everything is protected in the event that that they do get sued. Okay, excellent. Now, now, right, also there, there can be some confusion and we've got some, some people watching. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and, and hit that like button. Feel free to share this because we want to get this out to as many people as possible so you can help them and, and help your family and, and help your business. But Coming back to just kind of some of the, the technicalities, because I know this can be overwhelming for, for so many people, right? And you even mentioned in the introduction, right, probate. A lot of people aren't even familiar with, with what that is. What is yeah. probate? Yeah, so that's a question that I get all the time. Um, people come in, they've heard the word, but they have no idea what it means. A lot of them haven't had to go through it. And so probate is the court process where the court helps you after somebody's passed away, divide those assets. So when you create your estate plan and you do a will or a trust, um, the trust doesn't go through probate, but the will would. So your personal representative or your executor is somebody that you name that's going to take that will down to the courthouse when you pass away. They'll let the court know that you're no longer here. Here's how you wanted your assets divided. They'll then have to publish in the newspaper that you've passed away and wait 30 days for creditors to be able to come in and say, you owed them X amount of money. And then at that point, the court will order the creditors to be paid out. And then they'll start allowing your personal representative to distribute the assets to your loved ones and family members in the way that you wanted them to. So the whole process you know, can take at least a year. Sometimes it takes longer, um, depending on the situation, but it's not quick. It's pretty expensive. It typically costs anywhere from three to 5% of the total value of your estate to go through probate. So it's, it's definitely um, something that more people should be aware of. Okay. So, so it's a, a lengthy process. It's an expensive process. It's a public process. Exactly. And, and, and you have to have people watching and approving everything that you do if you pass away. Now, does a will avoid that? If, if you have a will in place, do you get to skip probate? No. So the only way to avoid probate is by having a trust. And once you create the trust, you have to then transfer your assets into it. Um, and so once you have all your assets inside this trust, then you bypass probate because your trust is private. All the assets in there are immediately available to your family. And they're available in the way that you decide you want, not the way that a court thinks that they should be able to get them. So, so really a trust helps give you additional control over your assets. It can save on expenses and it keeps hopefully the court out of the process. Exactly. Okay. Now, you know, in terms of just, you know, the, the business side of things, right? A lot of people may be familiar with, with doing the, the trust and the estate planning for the personal assets, but you know, a lot of our listeners, you listening to this, you own businesses, you own dental practice, you may own five or 10 or 15 or 50 of these dental practices, right? So, so what role does that estate planning piece play in tying the personal and business assets together? Yeah. So when we have a business owner, we definitely look to see the best ways to protect that those personal assets. So again, a trust is typically the best way to do that because the trust means that anything in there isn't accessible to creditors um, in the event of a lawsuit. So that's great news for a lot of business owners. But then we also want to look at 
when you set up your business, how did you set it up? So if you set it up as an LLC, then we'll look at that and we'll look at any operating agreements you have to see what your plan is if for some reason um, the business were to, you know, if you were to pass away, what would happen to that business? Would you want somebody to continue running it? Would you want um, your family to be able to wind it down? And if you don't have an operating agreement in place, which it seems at least here, um, you know, a lot of my business clients never set one up because they didn't know to. Um, so we'll help with that as well. But, um, you know, making sure that everything's structured the right way, whether it's an LLC or um, or another trust, depending on, you know, what those business assets are. Okay. And we're going to come back to that operating agreement in a second. And in fact, if you go ahead and hit like, if you comment, if you share, if you've got questions for Ashley, post those in the, the chat below and we'll ask those live here. But you're going to share with us, if, if a couple of people like this video, you're going to share some of those overlooked items that you may want to consider in an operating agreement. So go ahead and, and hit that like button. Now, when it comes to that that intersection of the, the business and the, and the personal life, right? Your litigation and, you know, some kind of a lawsuit, it's highly likely that I could actually come out of running your business. And so what happens to your personal assets if your business gets sued? How do you protect your personal stuff? Yeah, so the best way to protect your personal assets is with a revocable trust because it still gives you the freedom and the flexibility to control your assets and to continue using them the same way that you are now, um, which a lot of people like because it sounds less scary. But the huge advantage to it is anything in there is protected from any creditor. So if the business gets sued, they're not able to come after the trust. Um, and then, you know, if for some reason, you know, you were to leave assets to your kids, um, if you pass away, those assets can stay in the trust as well. So they're protected down the road from any creditors that might come out because of the business if they were to continue running it. And it's also protected in the event that they ever were to get divorced. So there's a huge amount of protection um, and a lot of flexibility that comes from that trust planning. Okay, interesting. And, and I'll tell you, among my clients, we, we typically have five major concerns. Number one, they wanna make real smart choices with the, with the money they're earning. Secondarily, they want to minimize their tax bite. But the third largest concern among you listeners today is really protecting your assets from being unjustly taken from lawsuit, divorce, or some other unjust means. And, and, and you know, really a lot of people think, you know, I, you know, I may not be a target, but the truth is litigation actually kind of targets the middle-class millionaire because you just want these things to go away. So it's not the ultra wealthy that are really getting sued all the time. And they do, don't get me wrong. But they're coming after the, the middle class and the people who just want to pay to make these things go away. And so having an asset protection plan in place before you get sued is the best way to do it. Because, Ashley, if you get sued, what can be done then? Yeah. So if you're in the process of being sued, if there's actively pending litigation, then it's too late at that point to move the assets into a trust. So you really need to do it before you have any reason to know that you need it. Um, which is a big thing for a lot of people. Um, it's really common for them to wait until it's too late because as humans, we tend to think that we have all the time in the world and 
sometimes it's true and unfortunately we don't know until it's too late that it's not and so you really want to make sure that you do it ahead of time because otherwise um, once that litigation starts they're going to look to see you know what exactly your assets are and depending again on how your business is set up there's the possibility that the court will let the um the person suing do what's called piercing the corporate veil where they are then allowed to look at some of those personal assets for recovery if the business doesn't have enough to satisfy um, the lawsuit. Yeah, and especially if all those transfers are started after the complaint is brought, the court can claw those assets right back. And so you gotta start this before you have a need for it. And, and so often the myth is we think we'll get to this later, but the yeah. truth is later is often too late. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with estate planning is and asset protection is it's easy to put on the back burner because it's not something that you typically are talking about every day or dealing with every day. So you don't realize, um, you know, how at risk you are by not having it. Yeah. So right, let's say you decide to move forward and you, you realize, hey, I really got to get an asset protection plan in place. I want to protect my family. You want to protect your business. What are some things that someone should be thinking through and, and really considering before they even meet with an attorney to, to sit down and put these plans in place? Are, are there helpful things that, that a family can be thinking through and having conversations around? Absolutely. So one of the things I recommend to everybody is before they meet with me sitting down and pulling their assets and seeing you know we have a bank account with this bank here's how much is in it here's where our 401ks are here's how much is in it um, and really inventorying those assets to see exactly where you are in terms of your wealth and then looking to see you know also the business uh, side of things if you own property for your business. If you own a building or you rent a building, you'd want to write that down. If you have any insurance policies, making sure that you have all of those so that you have this inventory of assets that you can see so that when you start to think about what you would want to happen to those assets, then you really know exactly what you're dealing with and how you can break it up versus if you just know what's in your bank account and you see, you know, maybe you have, you know, 10 or $20,000 in your bank account and you go, oh, I don't have that much. We'll just leave it to, um, you know, a charity or, or the kids divided equally. But it makes a big difference when you write it out and you actually see everything that you own. And the other thing too, to think about, um, again, is where you might be in terms of that um, estate tax, if there is one in your state. And starting to think about if you have minor kids at home, who you'd want to raise them. Um, and that's kind of usually a bigger conversation um, for families because they're often not sure how to even go about naming guardians. So, you know, starting by creating a list of everybody who's physically capable of taking care of your kids and then narrowing it down after that by, you know, your values and things that are important to you. And on the business side, just considering if you were to pass away tomorrow, what would you want to happen to your business? Would you want your family to be able to continue running it? Would you want somebody else to be able to come in and buy it? Um, and kind of having a little bit of 
of an idea of what you're hoping to accomplish and what your goals for the future are, are really helpful before you start planning, just because life changes and estate planning really is designed to help you plan for this life that you're building, not just for the death piece. Okay. Right. So, so kind of start with right doing that inventory of your assets. And then from there thinking about, you know, I, I, what would you want to happen to them? Right. Do you have, you know, certain kids that, that you want to get certain things, right? What does that piece look like? Then if you've got the minor kids, who do you want to take care of them? Right. In the right. event that you, you do pass away. So what about, um, you know, just kind of other items that are more philosophical in nature in terms of that, that charity piece or right. Who do you want to help, you know, administer the trust? What about things like that? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times we'll have families that will leave at least a little bit of their estate to a charity. Usually it's something that um, they've volunteered for or something that's been really close to them. And I think that those human pieces of your estate plan are just as important as the documents themselves. So as you're planning, you really want to make sure that you're leaving behind a sense of who you are um, to your family, because that's what they're going to remember. And that's what's going to be what's important to them, not so much the piece of paper that, you know, dictates exactly how everything's going to go, they're going to miss you. And so, um, you know, a lot of times, it's, it's comforting, and they kind of enjoy seeing if there is that piece that's donated to charity, you know, which one they chose, and, and they're usually not surprised by it. Okay. Interesting. So no, those are, those are some great things to, to think through. And uh, for our listeners, go ahead and, and hit that like button. And if you do, we're going to share with you some overlooked items that you may want to consider in your operating agreement. So we've been talking with Ashley Dodson of Dodson Law about how you can keep your family and your business out of court and how you can use the tools that are available to you to really protect your business so that you can be protected and that everything you've worked so hard for can be a little bit more safer. And we want to help you wrap your arms around your, your assets. So we've talked about people who may not have a current estate plan and asset protection plan in place. And, and here's what's interesting is a lot of very successful dentists and business owners, they do have estate plans. In fact, we find 73.1%. So, you know, three quarters of you have some kind of a estate plan in place. Those that you don't, once again, you know, about 50% of you haven't done this because you think it's too hard you know, difficult to deal with. You don't understand what's going on. But as we press into those numbers, and this is what's so interesting is, is Ashley, if I've done my estate plan, you know, a couple of years ago, do I need to update it? What goes on? I'm all set, right? No. So you do need to update it. <laughs> um, and so I usually like to meet with my clients every one to three years, because in that time, you're dental practice is changing. Potentially it's growing, it's expanding. You've probably hired employees since you started. Um, and then on the personal side, you have law changes, you have life changes. Maybe you had a baby, uh, maybe your kids have grown up and they've left the house and gone off to college. Um, and then you have changes to, um, you know, tax laws and things like that. So it's a really good idea to stay up to date on your estate plan and at least have it reviewed every one to three years to make sure that the money you've spent on it is going to be worth it and that it's going to continue working for you when you need it to instead of kind of that one and done where, you know, I've seen plans that, um, you know, are 10, 
15 years old. The oldest one I saw recently was about 50 years old. Um, and needless to say, it would not have worked for them um, if they needed it to. So it's definitely important to make sure that you're staying on top of it. And once again, that, that's what the data shows. And especially among driven dentist owners like you listening, we find out that 54% of you in the last couple of years, right, since you've done your estate plan, your wealth has grown. And 70% of you, you have experienced some kind of life-changing event, 69.1%, right? Whether that's death, divorce, you know, birth of a child, birth of a grandchild. And so you want to be updating these things. These are not static documents. They're, they're, they're truly documents that are meant to be updated as your wealth and your business and your life continues to change. And you got to stay on top of these things. And, and so, you know, as you kind of think through this, right, what are, right, what does this process look like, right? What are the, the next steps for someone to take? Yeah. So if somebody doesn't have a plan in place, um, I think the first place they should start is again, by inventorying their assets and sitting down and talking about what they would want to happen um, on their personal side to those assets, to their kids, you know, what age maybe they would want their kids to be able to access those assets if they weren't here anymore. A really common age that I've seen lately is about anywhere from 25 to 30. I've also had clients who have broken it up and they'll get, you know, a third at 25, half at 28 and the rest at 30. Um, so you can do any of those, there's no real restrictions on it. Um, and then, you know, on the business side, again, just thinking about if something were to happen to you, what would you want to happen to your business? Because this is your legacy. It's, you know, something that you're building for yourself and something you're building for your family. So what is the ultimate purpose for it? And what would you want to actually happen to it if you weren't here anymore? Okay. Excellent. And, and, and kind of coming back to, you know, some of the things you were talking about earlier, right? This can be a scary process, right? It, it can be fearful to, to talk about death and dying and, and passing away. It, it's so final, you don't get to come back from it. And so, you know, it can stir up a lot of emotions. So, so how do you help your clients really deal with that emotional side of things? How, how can we get more prepared to, to deal with, you know, these very uncomfortable things? Yeah. So typically um, what I like to do is start really slowly. You know, when somebody comes in to talk about it, you know, warming them up by talking about their family life and making sure that, um, you know, they're telling me what's important to them and what's important in their life and how their family works, how their business works without thinking about it necessarily in terms of death, because, you know, the reality is they're probably going to update their estate plan many, many times before they die, hopefully. Um, but by starting with, you know, what's important to you right now, we can think to the future a little bit later. But once you kind of start to think about it in terms of planning for the rest of your life versus planning for your death, I think it becomes a lot easier for people to manage um, because it's something that, um you know, planning for your life sounds a lot less scary than than death planning. Um, and so we'll still have those conversations. But I think that knowing that they're having the ability to get the information that they have and to ask questions um, and make 
decisions in an informed way instead of, you know, reading all of these horror stories on Google or talking to the neighbor down the street. I think by the end of it, they end up feeling more empowered than they are scared. Um, so I think, you know, kind of shifting that mindset to planning out the rest of their lives is really helpful. Hmm. Oh, I, I love that, right? Really kind of creating a plan for the rest of your life, not necessarily for your death. Right. What a big shift because, right, a lot of times asset protection, estate planning, there, there's things that you can do along the way to really support your goals. You don't have to do it all at the end, do you? No. And that's, I think, what, you know, a lot of people don't realize when they think of estate planning and asset protection. Um, I think it sounds scarier than it has to be. Yeah, no, that, that, that's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that, Ashley. And, and we've been talking about you also being willing to share some overlooked items that you may want to yes. consider putting in your operating agreement. So, so once again, kind of like, how does this tie into the, the estate plan piece? Should an attorney be looking at these documents together? And, and what are some things that often get overlooked? Yeah, so I think your estate planning attorney definitely should be looking at your business assets just because when you're creating a plan, you really want to make sure that everything is working together instead of against each other. So if you do the estate planning and you are just looking at the personal assets, you may think that you're all set. And then all of a sudden something happens on the business side and you realize you didn't have a piece in your plan that you really should have had. So whether that's, you know, you didn't realize you needed a trust and you didn't mind the thought of going through probate, so you never created it. Um, and so by looking at both pieces, you're offering the maximum amount of protection. And what I find with my business clients is a lot of times they use two separate lawyers to create their estate plan and set up the business. And the business attorney, um, depending on the attorney, I've seen a lot of clients recently who didn't even have an operating agreement. So if for some reason something were to happen to them, then the business is kind of left open and it's left vulnerable to, you know, probably ending up having to be wound down and, and closed out versus when you create that operating agreement, it gives um, the state and it gives somebody else a plan of here's what I want to happen to my business. So in your operating agreement, you really want to think about and you want to talk about, um, do you want to have your business kept? And if you do, who do you want to run it? Is it a single person that you want to keep running it? Is it a couple of different people? And if it is, you know, what proportions do you want them to own it in? Um, you know, what percentages? And thinking about if you want to leave the business running, um, but the person that you want to take over is not capable of running it because they're not a dentist and they don't know necessarily how to run a practice. Is there somebody else or um, a person that you're using now that can help kind of take over and manage and that loved one or uh, family member that you put 
as the person to, to manage and oversee everything can kind of look to them for guidance so that they don't have to wind it down. If you want it sold, then, you know, you'd want to put that in there as well and make sure that, um, you know, whoever is going to be in charge of selling it, you name that person and make sure that they have kind of a, a um, an idea of who maybe they can turn to um, in the event that they're going to sell it. So making sure that they're in contact with your business lawyer so that they can, um, you know, ask questions down the road and, and they know exactly what to do instead of kind of dealing with the confusion of, okay, have this operating agreement, but I have no idea what to do with it. So. Wow. So powerful, Ashley, and so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. If you like that, go ahead and, and hit the like button. Let's show Ashley some love for, for sharing that stuff. And, and so really just adding some simple things in your operating agreement, right? Let, let's pretend, you know, you've got a practice doing, you know, million and a half a year, you're a single, right? You married doctor, you know, none of your kids are in dentistry. You could put something simple in there, like in the event of my, you know, incapacitation or death, please contact, you know, this team of professionals so we can get top dollar for my business and it just doesn't tank. And you can actually leave something to your spouse and actually remove that burden from her. So you can set a lot of these things up beforehand, can't you? Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. And that's one of the biggest pieces that I see missing when I deal with business owners is nobody told them to set it up or how to set it up. Yeah, no, very, very true. Now, you know, Ashley, you are also not just a fantastic estate planning attorney and asset protection planner, but but you've won some uh, some accolades in terms of being Entrepreneur of the Year and, and one of the top 30 women to watch. And, and that always inspires me. I'm married to a dentist, right? Hardworking woman. And, and I think that's so exciting. And so I, I would love to just kind of dive into some dental wealth, you know, secrets here that, that you've learned and right, really the, those entrepreneurial success factors that have helped you out. And so, you know, when it comes to just kind of waking up inspired every day and doing what you're doing, what's been some of your greatest inspiration out there? Yeah. So for me, um, one of the things that was really important was learning how to simplify the process to make it as easy as possible for my clients so that they don't feel overwhelmed. And it's something that I really struggled with. Um, and I used to joke that I kind of wanted to take that Apple um, piece where you have your iPhone, you have your computer, you have, you know, an iPad or a watch and everything talks to each other, everything works. And that's kind of what I've tried to set up with the estate planning is that, you know, we bring together the pieces of, you know, your tax planning, your financial planning, your estate planning, your business, and making sure that everything talks to each other and interacts and that it all works the same way that you need it to. And I think for a lot of my clients, they didn't realize that that was possible. And seeing how much that takes off their plate every year by allowing the professionals that they're working with to be able to communicate with each other um, has really been huge, I think, in terms of my success and also their success. Um, so I've really, you know, spent a lot of time reading biographies and kind of learning more about some of those um, really successful business people that I wanted to model myself after. Um, so, so really staying focused on that that client experience and, and how can you take a whole bunch of complex stuff 
and make it simple. It has been huge yes. for you. Exactly. Excellent. Right. And, and powerful, powerful lesson there. You know, the, the other piece is running a business. It can be a little bit hard sometimes. I, I know I certainly have faced my fair share of anxiety and worry and panic and, and still do. And I've got to work pretty hard to maintain a positive, productive and successful mindset. What are some things that you do on a regular basis to, to sustain positivity, to sustain productivity and to sustain that successful mindset? Yeah, I think for me, time blocking has been huge. So every day um, I know, you know, between, you know, 930 and 10, I do my family wealth planning sessions. Um, and then I have lunch. Um, you know, maybe I pick the kids up from school, but blocking out those time pieces every week. So I know exactly what I'm doing and I don't have to think about it. Um, if somebody asks to, you know, have a meeting or, or something else. I just, that's one last thing I have to focus on. I think the other thing too is knowing when to um, bring somebody on and when to know that you can't handle everything by yourself and knowing when to scale has been um, really important as well. Um, so I think I think time blocking though has has probably been the biggest piece of running my business. Okay. in terms of keeping keeping everything running smoothly and and keeping that balance between life and work okay so so really that that time blocking and then you know focusing and making sure you're working with the the right people around you who can help take some of that workload off your plate and right and so that way you can focus on the things only you can do and there there's lessons for you as a dentist in there too right Get that team of professionals who really know what they're doing and outsource everything that you can't do so you can only do the stuff that's important for you. So powerful, powerful lesson. Now, you also mentioned that whole work-life balance piece, right? For me, super important too. I don't want more wealth. I don't want to just keep working for the sake of working, right? I want a good quality of life. I want to serve my clients well, but I also want to enjoy life too. So, so what are some of the hobbies and things that you enjoy? What do you do when you're not working? Yeah. So when I'm not working, I actually have two um, kids. I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old. So we usually spend a lot of time at the beach in the summer. Um, we spend a lot of time traveling um, this time of the year, maybe watching movies and, you know, prepping for Christmas. Um, we do a lot of baking. So um, really just, you know, anything we can do together as a family. Oh, neat. So, so what are the hot toys on the Christmas list this year? Uh, <laughs> there is a toy that, um, I think it was called magic mixies. It's this big cauldron and they get the spoon and they mix it and there's a stuffed animal inside. And I did not jump on the bandwagon to buy it when they pointed it out to me. And I wish that I had now because target had it for $70, but they're sold out. And eBay has it for 150, so I don't think they're getting a magic mixie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Makes you want to buy up all the inventory at Target when they had it, right? <laughs> oh, how uh, well? Hopefully, they can get one of those uh, sooner or later here. But uh, yeah, after Christmas, when things maybe calm down a little, and nobody else wants them, <laughs> when everyone else is selling what they got on eBay for twenty five dollars, that's when they can have one. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> now, see that that's a way to keep your kids happy and save some money. 
brilliance right there, folks. That That is a good lesson that I hope you learn. So my name is Tim McNeely. I've been talking with Ashley Dodson of Dodson Long. We've been talking about how you can keep your family out of court, keep your business out of court, and really protect everything that you've worked so hard for. Ashley's been sharing with us the steps you can take, what this process looks like, and, and really how you can make it more comfortable. And as we're kind of coming to the close here, Ashley, any kind of final thoughts or, or suggestions or, or tips that you would give people in terms of doing that estate plan? and asset protection piece. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you're going through and you've reached the point where you've talked a little bit about your goals and you're really ready to meet with somebody, whoever you meet with, you really want to make sure that they're going to look at both pieces, that business and those personal assets together and maybe make sure that, you know, they've done this before and that they're used to working with business owners and dentists and making sure that they're the right fit for you instead of putting a plan in place just because you feel like you need to. I think it's better to, you know, talk to a couple different law firms and, and just make sure that you find somebody that you're comfortable with because ideally you're going to be building a long-term relationship with whichever lawyer you end up working with and you're going to be updating throughout your lifetime every couple of years so you really want to find somebody that you trust and that you feel like you can open up to a hundred percent um and that you know is going to do what's best for you and for your business okay how can someone go go about actually selecting the the right asset protection plan or the right estate attorney to to work with how do you find someone to work with yeah so for a lot of my clients um i usually i used to get a lot of phone calls and the first question that people would say is how much is this going to cost and i think they asked that because they knew they should ask something but they didn't really know what to ask. So I think they were calling different law firms and just comparing price because they didn't understand that, you know, when you're looking at different lawyers, they might give you a number, but it doesn't mean it, it includes the same thing for each person. And so what you really want to look at is somebody who's going to take the time to get to know you and who's going to ask you questions and who's going to listen to your concerns or, um, you know, the, the various pieces of your life versus, okay, fill out this form and we'll get back to you and then we'll come up with a plan and you can come in and sign it. Um, so I think, you know, making sure that you have somebody that you really do have that connection with um, and making sure that, you know, you maybe ask them how many of their clients are business owners, how do um how do they serve their um their clients who are business owners do they do that piece where they compare the personal and the business assets do they have experience with operating agreements and llcs and and do they have experience with clients who are hoping you know to sell their practice later on so i think you know it's okay to take a little bit of time um, to make sure that you find the right fit instead of jumping in with the, you know, first person who answers the phone, just because ultimately you want to make sure that your plan's going to work when you need it to. And not all lawyers are the same, unfortunately. So um, I think it's worth reaching out to a couple and, and finding that good fit. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that, right? And, and, and don't, right, cost certainly matters, but it's also only an issue in the absence of value. And and, and we don't want to do bargain basement pricing here, right? You, you don't necessarily want to be doing these online in a do-it-yourself thing. It may <laughs> cost less, but it's probably not going to deliver. So, so I love just, you know, you helping us ask more intelligent questions, right? Do you work with other dentists? Do you help people plan for their transition, right? You can really start diving in and get a pretty good sense quickly if they're going to be a right fit. And, and I'll tell you, when, when people ask me for advice on how to select professionals, some other things I share is, is look for people who are thought leaders in the space. Are they writing? Are they speaking? Are they publishing? Are they, they being interviewed, right? Do people seek them out for their knowledge? Do they have access to, to niche experts? Can they bring in the insurance specialist to help you review those? Can they bring in the right wealth manager to help you review things? And, and then do they actually have that extensive technical expertise in working with people just like you? So these are, are great questions to ask. And, and Ashley, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how, how can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me um, on my website at www.dotchinlaw.com or on Instagram at ashley.dotchin. Um, and if anybody wants to reach out with any questions, I'd love to chat more or, um, you know, see if there's anything that, you know, you didn't learn today that maybe you were hoping to learn that I can share with you. Okay, excellent. And I would encourage you, if you've got questions on this, reach out to Ashley, reach out to other professionals and, and get this done. Because as we talked about, later is often too late. You want to take action before you are forced to take action. So Ashley, thank you for sharing so generously with us. Thank you for, for really helping us understand how you can protect your family better and how you can protect your business better. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. I've loved chatting with you. Yeah, I know that this was great. I learned a lot and, and hopefully you as listeners have learned a lot too. But as we finish every episode, I want to remind you it's not enough just to listen to everything we say. We, we want you to get out there and take action. If you just listen and you don't take action, you've wasted your time. And that's the last thing we want for you. We want you to have an impactful life. We want you to enjoy those businesses you've built. And if you take action on what you've learned today, you're going to be able to get out there and make it a great day. So once again, thank you, Ashley. Appreciate you being here and looking forward to seeing the rest of you on another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 